Good morning, everyone. Um, we're going to have a little different kind of service this morning. This is the final Sunday of the year. And um, we look back on our year, and I, all of us could say, uh, and can I get an amen for this? God did something good in my life. Amen? amen? You can say it a little louder than that. God did something good in my life. Amen? Amen. 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 So we're going to hear from a few uh, this morning, we're going to have a little different service. We're going to have some people share what God has done in their life in 2018. So we had a little shortened worship, but we'll have a, a little worship uh, at the end. But the ultimate, uh, uh, when we finish this service, we're asking that God would be glorified, right? Well, God, Because what God's done in your life and in my life, he deserves to be honored and glorified. And that's what we hope here. You're going to hear some uh, amazing things shared. They're very, very, very moving uh, in, the first in the first service. So without further ado, I'm going to have Toby come forward, and we're going to start our service. As I said, we're going to have some folks sharing, and she'll actually going to have someone share this morning with, with the kids' ministry. Jay's so sweet. Every year he says, that was the best pageant ever. <laughs> and I and the thing that's so sweet is that he genuinely feels that every year. So I love that. Um, we're going to do our children's blessing, but before we do, we have Lila Tacklin, who's going to start off our service of sharing something that she's grateful for, some way that she's seen God work in her life in 2018. And thank you, Lila. Um, I'm thankful for my memories because without them, I forget all these amazing and wonderful things that God has done for me. And my life has just been so great that I don't want to lose that. That's why I'm thankful for my memories. Koi and Justice Wilson, and then um, Hope is going to share something. So... Hi guys. Who's going first? All right. I'm thankful that I got in a car crash and didn't get hurt that bad. <laughs> so basically, we were on the freeway, and like the to there's like a tow truck driver trying tow truck driver tried to flag us down. He was right next to the accident, so we like distracted my dad from the road while we were going like 70 miles an hour. Then we hit the uh, car that was already crashed. Um, and then we got like rear-ended like four times, but we still lived, so yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, you guys. We're very, very thankful for that. It was a really, really uh, serious accident, and we're so thankful to hear that you guys did well, and I know that um, there were some injuries, but we're so happy that you're here and that you guys have that story to share. Um, Hope Van Rensselaer is going to also share something before we bring the rest of our children down, and later in our service, her dad is also going to show a video and share something, so Hope is going to kick it off. What I'm grateful for is uh, my mom because she has arthritis and I'm just thankful that she's not sick right now and she 
has a broken leg and she got it like last year. And I'm thankful that uh, she can walk a little bit and that she doesn't have to go through any more surgeries. And she's a very strong woman and I'm thankful for her that she can be strong. Thanks for sharing you guys, I appreciate it. Jay asked this morning if I would share something also and um, the first thing that came to my mind was this time last year I was up north getting ready for my son's wedding and um, just before his wedding was my daughter's wedding, they're twins and so they got married seven months apart and I was really, um, when I look back and I savor all the goodness of that, I'm so thankful for God's provision because we didn't know how we were going to afford to do one wedding, let alone two. And there were so many um, surprise things that God did in that, that he showed up in so many ways. And then after the weddings, I was just for a long time so joyful and celebratory. But then there was this time where it just sort of hit me that I was a little bit sad because that life up to that point was going to be different. This being at home with my kids and having them really little was done. But... Um, I think I really gave myself permission to feel sad about that part and just to take a little moment to just cry with God and then to, um, I feel like he really comforted me for, for that season of life and then I'm so thankful for this new season too. I chose a verse for our theme this morning and if, uh, Nan, if you could put the verse up. This is the verse for our theme for this morning from Philippians 1.6, a very well-known passage to all of you. Uh, for I am confident of this very thing, that God who has begun a good work in us will complete and perfect that work until the day of Christ Jesus. And so that's the promise many of us hold on to, that what God has started, he's going to finish. And that, of course, part of that process goes on throughout our lives. It goes on from year to year. And, and so I thought this would be an appropriate verse for us. And then I, I said, well, what is that work that God does? So if we could have the next slide, Nan. Just what is the good work that Philippians 1.6 refers to? It's the shaping, forming, and molding of our lives to become Christ-like. It's the journey God takes us on from the day we come to know him to the day we meet God face to face. There are many joys and blessings on this journey, as well as trials and suffering, the challenging process in Scripture known as God refining our lives. So I've, I picked two photographs to represent the joys of the process, and then the challenge of the process. The first one is this picture, which I couldn't pass up because I think a lot of us experience the greatest joys in life when we're young. So I, I find, by the way, this picture is from 1940. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I wonder where these folks are right now. But And then the, the trials of life I've depicted with this uh, pure gold that's being poured out of this mold here and how God, uh, in Scripture, the refining process of God in our lives is often referred to as God refining us like silver or like gold. So, uh, we are, without further ado, we are going to hear now from, from some of the, our very special and beloved people in our church who are going to share what God has done in their lives. And we are going to start with uh, Ryan Van Rensler. And uh, this is a dear brother. He's... Uh, well, he's, I've known Ryan since, practically since he was born, really, and watched him grow and become such a fine young man over all these years. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, 
so first off, what a, what a great honor. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jeff and Chris for inviting Kit and I to share. So I'm sharing on behalf of our family. Um, I'm, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Ryan Van Rensselaer. My wife, Kit, and my daughter, Hallie and Hope are back there. Um, we have been coming to Little Church for six years, and six or seven years, and uh, we've been married for 20, almost 24 years. Is that right? Yeah, I got it right? Okay. Let's make sure. I did my homework. Um, so thank you for letting us share. Um, so I took some notes just to try to keep it concise because I have a tendency to wander a little bit um, for those of you that know me. So I'm going to try and stay on point and keep this short. Um, you're welcome. Um, so 2018 for us was one of the toughest seasons of our life. Um, it was also one of the most incredible seasons in our lives uh, as is typical for God's way of doing things. Um, we, uh, just, to, just to try and capsulize what we went through, um, Kit, as you know, she deals with rheumatoid arthritis, and um, we've been dealing with that for 25 years, 26 years, something like that. And this year was a year of, you know, just when you think that you're, you kind of got your rhythm and, okay, we know how to deal with suffering. I got this now. And then God says, no, I have a whole other level for you to go to because I love you that much. And so our, our journey basically the last two years was dealing with Kit not being able to walk for a couple of years. And we all, everyone in this room has got suffering in some capacity, financially, relationally, physically. We all go through it. That's the beauty of life and the beauty of our awesome Father that loves to grow us and mature us through those, those struggles. Um, but our season was one where not only were we dealing with Kit's physical on another level that we had not experienced, um, financially uh, it came to a head as well. And so as a husband and as a father, now having to, you know, she can't walk, so there's now new needs in the household, uh, taking care of kids. Um, and then as a husband and a father, not being able to provide for your family or struggling to provide, um, I just was at my rope's end. And so I want to share with you guys a little bit of that journey, not to glorify the struggle, but to glorify how good God is to meet us when we are desperate. And that is the only time in my life where I've seen him do miracle after miracle. So anyway, so I wanted, one of the things that really ministered to us um, in this time was a, a gentleman by the name of Bob Sorge. I don't know if any of you know him. He wrote a book called Secrets of the Secret Place. I first heard Bob uh, back in 2007 when I had lost my business and we lost every red cent that we owned, all my retirement, everything gone through investments and through my business just sucking us dry. And um, having, having a partner steal from me and being at a place of like, oh my gosh, how could this happen? I was doing Bible studies at, at work for all of our guys. I'm, I thought I was about your business, God. How could you let this happen? And God just gently says to me in quiet time, because I love you. And I didn't understand what that meant. And so when I first heard Bob, it was a message that he preached about, it was on James 1-2, which was, count it all joy when you face various trials and suffering. And I want to read you the scripture because it's, it's just that good. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, 
and lacking nothing. And when I heard that, I was failing so miserably. I was angry. I wanted to beat the living you-know-what out of the guy that stole from me because he was stole from my family. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> I was literally like, God, strike him down. You know, like that's how angry I was. And when I, when I heard Bob preach this message, I wept for probably five hours straight. I just, I came unglued. And um, so anyway, so I want to share with you a video from this guy. Bob, he was a pastor and a worship leader. And he went in for a routine surgery to remove a polyp off of his vocal cord. And they severed his vocal cord. So he, here's a pastor and a worship leader that makes his livelihood and is fulfilling his call to God and has his voice taken away. Not only his voice was gone, he could, literally could not speak, but now when he tries to speak, it, it's excruciatingly painful to where he worked himself up to where he can now talk for about an hour a day before it's just too painful. So I want to share with you this video that, that I found. Last Kip, my wife, found it. And when I watched it, um, I came a little bit undone. So thanks for playing it. A sister wrote me a note at one time, and, and her, her question was, can you find a God of mercy in the book of Job? And I, I wrote her back, and I said, yes, I think I can. God could have left Job alone. Years ago, I suffered an injury to my voice. At the time, I was a pastor and a worship leader. And uh, since that time, my strength is very small. And it's painful for me to speak, so I, I have about an hour a day that I can manage. And then the pain shuts me down. So, you can all do the math. When this happened to me, it threw me into crisis in pretty much every department of my life. Threw me into professional crisis. What does a pastor do that can't talk? What does a worship leader do that can't sing? myself in a theological crisis. God, how can I be loving you, serving you, giving you my life, giving you my best, walking in obedience, walking in faith and love, pouring my life out for the gospel and take a hit like this. I didn't have a theology for that. I found myself darkest place in my life. Nobody had any answers. And all I had was this. For five years or so, my prayer life was basically three words. I love you. I don't understand you, but I love you. Over and over, just giving him my love in the darkest place in my life. I've discovered it 
It's the most powerful thing you can do. God could have left Job alone. He could have said, have your bickering wife, have your ten wayward children, have your safe little world, have your little bubble. But the Lord said, Job, I love you too much to leave you to yourself. I love you too much to leave you to the smallness of what you know. But if God had not interrupted Job's life, and if Job had not walked through a living hell, we would never have heard of the man. But because it all shook down, and he stood and said, I love you. I worship you. In his darkest hour, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalm 11, verse 5. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked his soul hates. So if you're righteous, he tests you. And if you're wicked, he leaves you alone. The last thing you want is for God to leave you alone. Lord, do not leave me alone. I have got to know you. I have got to see you. I have got to have you. And I want everything you've got for me. Lord, do not leave me to myself. Interrupt my life if you have to. Test me if you have to. But come to me. Visit me. Reveal yourself to me. I, could, I think I've watched that maybe a hundred times and every time it still undoes me because I realize just how much I I, um, I still like comfort. Um, I think that's what hit me the hardest was that, um, you know, we, for me, I realized that um, I rate how I'm doing with God based upon how comfortable I am usually. And... Um, when I first saw that and uh, other devotions like it, you know, with Heidi Baker and and uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, you know, trying to understand people that have, you know, it's all perspe- it's all perspective. It's uh, you know, my wife has got a neck issue that is uh, paralysis is is something that's very pot- potentially real for her, and we got bad news of that two weeks before she broke her leg, and we went through this two-year. Uh, period of having God reveal himself to us uh, more than ever before in our lives. And so, anyway, those um, 
finding people that have a different perspective has been extremely helpful for us. Um, and God, you know, it was amazing when we were on the way to our appointment to have her neck checked out because we have to monitor it every six months. Um, Johnny Erickson taught us on the radio talking. And it was before we got the news that would just crippled us and devastated us. Um, so anyway, so like I said, I don't want to give glory to our struggle at all. It's just kind of what we've been through. Um, and as you saw in the video, you realize that God could leave us all alone. He could leave us in our comfort. And that's um, a tough theology of God being a son or daughter of God and, and going, yeah, the son or daughter of God receives blessing from God. God wants to bless his kids, and he does. And this struggle is part of that blessing because daddy knows it's all going to be okay eventually. There's no more pain and there's no more suffering. There's no more sadness. That, that That's coming for each of us that have put our faith in Christ. And so dad, as a good father, knows that in this life, the struggle is the only thing that strips us of grafting ourselves to the world and the things of the world that bring us comfort. And so <laughs> as much as I... Uh, didn't like it, and I literally had, and Kit will testify, I had times, prayer times, where I was borderline cursing at God because I was so angry. I was like, what else do I need to do to provide for my family? My wife's sick. I can't make a living. I'm coaching these kids that, I, that you've asked me to do, and just this temper tantrum. And God just is so patient and so gentle and just, yeah, that's okay. I can handle your tantrums. It's okay, Ryan. So... Anyway, this was a huge blessing for us. This, the church, this body has been incredible. Um, so much gratitude. And I don't mean to be so heavy at all, because <laughs> it's all good. It is all joy, count it all joy. It truly is in our life, and we are in a place that we've never been in our lives. We are so grateful that he, that God met us and walked us along this journey over the last couple years uh, of a, a different level that we ever thought was even possible in our own lives. Uh, so this body, you know, the little church, Toby and the Kelsos and Jay and Jeff and and so many of you guys, you know, meals at our house. And it's like we just saw God's God's love and his blessing over our family, just people reaching out and, hey, can we do this for you? Can we do that? And my biggest struggle in that was just ask, uh, asking for help. And it's hard to continue to receive help where you're thinking, gosh, these people are going to get tired of this. And this body has never been like that. It's been incredible, and we are so grateful to be a part of this body. Um, I just want to read a couple other things because uh, I wrote them down, and I, I didn't want to miss them. But um, as Bob says, I love you. I don't understand you, but I love you, and I'm grateful that you're walking with me and you won't abandon me through this trial. Um, one of the things I always tell my boys at volleyball is, boys, if you want God to be part of your life, there's a secret. It's he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we come to practice or whatever we do in life, just show up and start giving praise and thanks. God, you're so good. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. That's the way to invite God's presence. And then all of a sudden you start receiving the strength that you didn't think that you had to get through the stuff that you're dealing with and to walk victoriously in gratitude on the other side. Um, I, there's a song that I really love by Kevin Prosh. It's called Kiss the Sun, and, and the, the words are, when you've been broken, broken to pieces, and your heart begins to faint because you don't understand, and when there is nothing to rake from the ashes, 
and you can't even walk onto the fields of praise. I, I heard that song over and over and over again as I was having my tantrums and just struggling to find things to be grateful for, looking at my wife and in our circumstance. Um, and I realized that this battle that we were in was an opportunity for God to mature us uh, to mature us onto the fields of praise, to be able to walk onto the fields of praise and give him thanks regardless, knowing the end result that it's all going to be good. So I think this is where God wants all of us. Um, just as Job says, even though you slay me, I will still praise you. So anyway, thank you for letting us share. We are grateful to be part of this body. We love you guys. Good morning. My name is Jordan Otterbein, and I'm appreciative also and honored um, to be up here. Jay asked me uh, about 10 days ago if I'd share about what, what God has done in my life this past year. And I hope this doesn't veer too far off the theme, but I did want to talk about the top five things in my life. And that's easy because four of the top five are my daughters. Two of my daughters are here right now. My two oldest daughters, and they both got married in the last six months. And so this year has been incredible and filled with a lot of love and joy, overflowing amounts of love and joy. But also in the top five, is this place, this church, this sanctuary that has all been so good to us. Um, I digress a couple of years to tell you about how I was fortunate enough to find this place. I know that we all have a different journey and a different route here, but a friend of mine had passed away about eight years ago, and the service was going to be at Mariners because four or five hundred people were going to attend the service. And there were five speakers that day, and two of them were Jeff and Jay. And I was so moved by how well they spoke and what they spoke about. And so I asked around, I go, who are those guys? And I was told they're the pastors at Little Church by the Sea in Laguna Beach. And so I came here that next Sunday and have been here ever since. And at that time, my faith had waned and faded to almost nothing. It was a rough couple of seasons and not a great time in my life. How many times have we all heard here that there is one certainty in life, and that is that there will fa we will face trials. And also we've heard how this church puts a high priority on fellowship and getting to know one another. And so I did. I came and I listened, and I was like that big oil tanker out in the sea that takes a real long time to make the U-turn and turn around. But I did because of this place. It opened up my heart with its warmth, and I started doing some things outside of the box for me. 
One day there was a clipboard being passed around asking for volunteers to go visit a lady in the hospital who'd been severely injured in an accident. Her name was Peggy Hank. And I said, why not? And I, I signed up. And I went and visited uh, Peggy in the hospital. And I called Jay and I said, Jay, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do for an hour? And he said, well, she likes to have conversation and have you read her uh, the Bible. And I said, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm the guy for that uh, job. <laughs> but I did. And we hit it off and became great friends. And Jeff and Jay and I and Peggy's daughter, Cotty, we'd have lunch and talk to Peggy and got to know each other better. And I remember Jay telling me it would be a blessing for me. And it was. And the last time I saw Peggy before she passed away, she asked me two things. She said, will you be my boyfriend? And, and Jordan, are you going to get baptized? And I said, Peggy, sure on the first one, uh, but I'm not sure if I'm ready for the second one. But I continued to come here, and I'd read the C.S. Lewis books that Jeff had recommended, and all those things together turned it around for me. And I got out of the deep, dark hole. And when Jay called me the other day, it was the day after my 60th birthday, and I'd been together with all my kids the night before, and their new husbands and boyfriends, and we were all toasting and giving thanks for the amazing year that we've had and how fortunate we've been, especially, though, that our families gelled and came together and loved and shared and the one common bond, the, the common thread in all this was that all the families had a deep faith in God. Years ago, one day, I was telling Jay about my family and how lucky I was to have four great kids and how close they all are. And that's really when it hit me. He said, Jordan, maybe it's just not all luck. And I used to say, you know, knock on wood, and I'm the luckiest guy in the world and all that, and I don't say that anymore. I don't say those things because it's not luck. I now know who to thank. And it's God doing his good work. I say please and thank you every day. Thank you, Lord, for guiding my kids through another week. Thank you for forgiving our sins. Thank you for blessing our souls. Please watch over them and keep them safe. Please watch over us all. Please and thank you. So for, full circle, now I listen and look for all the things that God's doing. And after 60 years, it's pretty amazing to be able to say that this was the best year of my life. 
and because I'd never want to let Peggy Hank down, because she'd slap me upside of the head if I did, I'm looking forward to being baptized this coming year. Like Jeff spoke of last week, hope and joy and peace and love. And with renewed faith, maybe we can listen with fresh ears and look at things with new eyes. And for some of us who it took a really long time to come around, we realize now who to thank and praise. Thank you. Good morning, a little church. So my name is Rich Thompson, and this is my wife, Monica. We've been coming to Little Church for about four years now, and we have thoroughly grown and enjoyed it so much. It's incredible. Such loving kindness from all of the people that attend this church, and we've experienced God's gift to us by all the prayer that has been answered, our prayer and the prayer that's been prayed for by the members of the church. So our journey this past year has been numerous and some challenges. So I'm going to give only one part, and I'm going to let Monica give all of the other because it's just <laughs> it's too much. So kind of interesting. Actually, we just celebrated two days ago our fifth wedding anniversary. And when I met Monica, I said to her, where would you like to live? And she said, Laguna Beach. I said, well, I've never lived in Laguna Beach, but I said, it's kind of cool. I like the music and the art and all of the things that are here. So we sort of had a choice of where we were going to live, and we opted to live down in, in the North Laguna in town so that we can walk everywhere because we've come to realize in our journey together that we enjoy walking and hiking. So during this year, from the beginning of the year, I said, let's go walking. So we're walking everywhere. All of a sudden, I'm getting less and less able to walk. It became quite a challenge. And ultimately, Monica happens to be a physician, and she deals with geriatrics. I said, I'm not a geriatric. What are you talking about? <laughs> so ultimately, she said, I think you have something that's going on here that maybe is, has to do something with aging process. So we went in, and after about a year, nearly a year of testing and analysis, come to discover that I have a brain disorder, uh, and ultimately it was going to require surgery. Well, up to that point, I was praying so hard, and I was asking everybody, pray, please, this is just unbelievable, something to have to deal with, loving and wanting to walk after we decided to live here to not being able to walk at all. So we basically went down the path and had our prayers answered, and the walking is back. In fact, we're now training for a hike in Italy to walk about 90 miles uh, from Tuscany to Rome. Now, not to say that it's, it's, it's perfect, 
but it's perfect to me from what it felt like. And I said, no matter what the challenge, I'm going to do it because I know who's with me. He has carried me through many, many challenging times. This is only my one component, but we've actually have had several this past year in our family, um, directly and indirectly. I'm going to let Monica talk about the others. So good morning. So when Jay um, asked me to, to put together some thoughts about what we're grateful for in 2018 and how God's blessed us in 2018, my first reaction was, like, where? <laughs> um, because the, to me, this year has just been a firestorm. It's been one challenge after another, and every time we start to, to come back from, from one thing, another thing would hit. So in this past year, um, we have been through, I've had two surgeries and a major injury where I fell and broke my pelvis. We had Rich's workup and then his surgery. We cared for Rich's sister in our home for four months while she had um, cancer surgery and then months of chemo after that. Um, our son Troy had emergency surgery. I lost my best friend of 20 years. My mentor through my entire career passed away. Um, my brother and sister-in-law, who were rocks in our lives, moved away with very short notice for us. Um, one of our other sons had some major obstacles, and we just felt like it just kept coming at us. But one of the things, so I'm one of the things I'm grateful for today is our health because really we're able to talk about taking this trip, which is pretty amazing. But the other thing I'm really grateful for is my spiritual growth. Um, I, I was hanging on to everything as we went along, but it wasn't until the day of Rich's surgery when I was sitting in the waiting area and the neurosurgeon came out and said to me, I, I need you to be realistic. We have a 60% chance that you'll see any improvement at all. And I sat there in the waiting room, and it, it just hit me that this was so completely out of my control. And in fact, everything is completely out of my control. And it was really a beginning for me of, of resting into God and letting God be in control. And beginning to understand what it means that we trust in God, that trusting in God wasn't just trusting that I was going to get what I wanted, but it was trusting that that God knew what was going to happen and that he knew what was good for me. And it was a real journey for me um, to do that. And the last thing I'll just say is um, I can't be more grateful for this church because through all this, there were times where we felt very alone, but we were never alone. And people in this church called us all the time. They visited us. They brought food to us. Parts of my small group came and tended my garden for me. They just loved us. And I cannot tell you how grateful we are to have been loved by you all and to give if I had one thing I could tell you all is when you go through your tough times, share them because I think your praying friends are the vessels of God that he put there around you and it makes a huge difference. So I am ending my year with a ton of gratitude 
and with a whew. What a, thank you for those testimonies. Um, for me, uh, looking back at this year, at the, uh, at the beginning, I've been really kind of figuring out, uh, for me personally, uh, what does it look like, uh, you know, to set a goal for myself for the new year? And one of those goals that God kind of challenged me with was uh, to be generous with my time. And uh, as I read throughout uh, the life of Jesus, he's often sitting there uh, in a big crowd and he's, he's just noticing the person in front of them. And uh, there's a lot of things that we can be doing running around and oftentimes we get busy and, and uh, I, I feel myself getting pulled in a, a, a number of different directions. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, be generous with my time kept coming back up and, and over and over again. And uh, really the, one of the beautiful things as a pastor here on staff uh, is the community, is the relationships uh, in this church and really being able to uh, do life with, with you all for a number of years and really get to know you all. And um, that's been something really special uh, for me. And so I want to pull back a little bit uh, <laughs> of what's happening Monday through Friday or Saturday around here. Uh, and share just one example with you all uh, from my life uh, that's filled me. Uh, it's also uh, encouraged uh, the young man that, that I've been meeting with. Uh, so I'm going to invite Christopher Hemsley to come up, and he's going to share about uh, some time that we've been getting together uh, every Wednesday here in the back house uh, that's been really special to me and to him. So this is Chris. You can give Chris a, wel a welcome. He even brought stools down so he can look like we're comfortable, right? Yeah. You're running this place already, man. Not really. <laughs> All right, so you're in eighth grade. Uh, yes, I am. So tell me, you, you love basketball. It was just his 14th birthday on Friday, right? Uh, yeah. Awesome. He's almost taller than me, which is great. And he's playing really well. He's on my basketball team at the Boys and Girls Club, and he's doing really well. Tell me... Uh, at the beginning of this, this year, you kind of made a, a conscious decision. What was that decision when it came to your relationship with God and connecting with others? Yeah, like I wanted to grow my relationship. I didn't want to go into a hole and like lose any relationships I had with God. So I wanted to meet with Sam, which we do every Wednesday now. Yeah. Which I, I thought was really, uh, I, I, I think it showed a lot of wisdom. Uh, for Christopher as an eighth grader to really, uh, set, there's a lot of people that come and say, oh yeah, I'd love to meet with you, but the consistency w was amazing to me, and it and it, he modeled a level of hunger uh, for the Lord uh, that showed in his actions. So so often, hunger is internal, but it, it's manifested externally, and we see that with, with, uh, with Christopher. He would show up at 4.30 in the back house where I, where I meet with a bag of chips for me and him, and a soda. He had walked down to the gas station and brought uh, some things so that we could have a better time meeting together because, of course, uh, we're guys and we love, we love some good drinks and, and snacks. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. You spend his own money doing that. I think it's your own money. Thank. You told me that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so, tell me, so tell me what have you gotten out of this time and, and share with us a little bit about kind of how your relationship with God has grown. Well, really, I think the main thing I've gotten out of it, which can really be branched off, is that my relationship with God has grown so much because now 
I've like learned so many more new things about how to have a relationship with God, how to be thankful and grateful. I mean, there's so many elements to it that could probably take, I don't know, like a good half hour at least. But I feel like it's, we've been like talking about verses and all. And I mean, it's not really about just going and talking with someone. It's more about talking with someone about God. It's not about you two. It's about God. So that's what we really, well, I've been able to achieve with Sam, and I really am grateful for that. One of the cool things that he'll, he'll mention is we'll be talking about other things, and then, he, then he'll just stop me and say, hey, so uh, when are we going to read the Bible and pray here? <laughs> like, that's, that should, so he catches me and keeps me accountable. But what I love about, about him is as I, as I spend time with him, I learn a lot about my relationship with God as well, such as, you know, listening to him, seeing what he's going through, and then also letting the Holy Spirit kind of teach us both as we're sitting there chatting with one another. So tell us, uh, and, and part of the reason we wanted to get up here is because we've both grown from this time. Uh, you feel like this, po- this is, this is an, a good opportunity maybe to challenge somebody else to do the same thing. W- what are some elements of meeting together that have meant a lot to you? There's basically about three very important elements to it. Like the first one is about finding a time that you can do consistently and meet with that person and talk about God. Don't just talk and eat, drink coffee and stuff. Just talk about God and bring your Bible. Second, well, it's kind of like that. It's staying focused on God. It's not about just meeting with some guy you like, like talking with Pastor Jay and like talking about sports or something. It's about talking about God. And thirdly, it's about praying with the person too because through prayer we can, well, our relationships with God grow because we can get more insight and sometimes he may even say something to us and that can be huge in our paths with God. That's good. That's good wisdom. Um, for me, I think as I've, I've learned uh, a little bit about just what does it look like uh, to be intentional with somebody uh, in the faith, and I think that we're never too old to learn, and I think uh, for me, sometimes I feel a little embarrassed going to an older person and asking to meet with them, but when I do, it provides a lot of wisdom into my life that I, that I didn't have, and so I've, I've realized through our, our conversations just how valuable it needs to be for me to seek that out from others older than me. But also uh, just the the special time that now I get to invest into somebody else, and so our challenge, uh, just as we were praying about what we should share, is to encourage you find a person or two uh, in the next year, make a conscious decision uh, to meet with that person, pray together, because it says iron sharpens iron, and that's what we can do together. And so we're really I'm just so thankful for this guy and what he's taught me in my relationship with God. Uh, so thanks for letting us share. I spoke this morning, and uh, I don't know. I haven't spoken publicly for a long time, so it was kind of scattered. I don't know if I'll do much better here, but I have been um, attending Little Church for about four and a half years, and I have had the blessing of kind of falling in with a group of people that are uh, have provided a hedge around me that I can go to and 
asked for prayer, and I have put in a lot of blue cards to get me through. This year, Jay asked me to talk about how I got, how the God got me through uh, 2018, and this has been a tough year, but um, it's been different this year. It's we all go through sufferings and endure. We're supposed to endure our sufferings and put on the grace of Christ, and it feels like it's getting easier the older I get. Somehow, um, my I had to find a new living situation, and uh, that kind of the door opened for that situation fairly easily this year. It's not a permanent one, but I'm in a place where I'm of service to a woman that uh, is going through cancer, and she had no one to be with her, and I just I am there being able to take her to chemo and providing her with friendship, and she's a Christian, and so we pray together. It's kind of an ideal situation that came out of kind of a hideous one. I got evicted from where I was living, a family member. My son's going through a divorce, and so that changed everything. And this divorce that I'm going through is um, considered a suffering. This little family is breaking up, but... My son has turned his life back to the Lord through this, and um, week by week, new things develop in the court case that's going on for him to get custody, and I've seen the Lord grant him 50-50 now, so he has the children 50% of the time, and it's for the best, this situation. It's not ideal, but I have another son who's an artist here um, that... He was kind of um, attacked by four kids in downtown part of Corona Del Mar, just hit over the head, and he has a severe head injury. But he was able to recover from that, something we were quite frightened about. And um, I don't know, I just feel like that I'm in the right place, and I'm trying to do the right thing by... Um, enduring whatever is put in front of me and I'm not dwelling on the past I don't have time to dwell on the past like I have in the past it's uh, I'm very busy I'm had a job that I got to do that I love to work at the Sawdust Festival for Jay and Nikki this season and a promise of probably next season and I'm looking for something in between but I just feel like the Lord is I'm the Lord knows that I'm his and that um I'm kind of being kept because I love the Lord and I spend a lot of time talking to the Lord just in my natural voice. I don't, it's not a lot of falter all to it, but I've loved um, this church since the minute I walked into it. And it's, it's different. The word is preached here and I don't get to come to church every Sunday because I was working on Sundays, but I would, I'm pretty faithful to listen to the website and get the word that way but now I'm on a leave of absence from my job so I'm able to attend more and I'm grateful for that